go into it because it's such an important one. And we are uh, talking with Public Interest South Africa. They're taking on Bain and Company and they've laid a formal criminal complaint with the U.S. Department of Justice. It follows the release of part one of the Zondo report into state capture. Deborah Hass is uh, the SA chairperson of Public Interest SA. Uh, Deborah, good morning to you and thank you for your time today. Good morning, Casey, and thanks for having, for having me. Look, I, I found it interesting that, you know, just in the last 24 hours, Lord Peter Hayne has said that he is approaching the UK uh, Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, to ask that the operating license of Bain and Company be suspended, not just in the UK, but also in the US and other territories where the organization operates. Would you be supporting such a call? Without a doubt, we would support such a call uh, because we do know for a fact that Bain does not only operate in South Africa or the UK and US only. It's got its tentacles throughout the continent of Africa and the globe. And to the extent that they were capable of being uh, implicated in such egregious uh, uh, wrongdoing in South Africa, it is not beyond the realms of possibilities that this is just but a tip of the iceberg. So there needs to be a relook of all the contracts that they have been have secured, not only in South Africa, but throughout the continent and elsewhere around the world. So we definitely put our weight behind such a call by, Mr., uh, by the Honorable Peter Hill. One of our listeners this morning has already raised the issue of the protection of whistleblowers, that following just the release of this first part of the report, we should be seeing a lot more attention being paid to whistleblowers and the victimization that they have experienced over a period of years, that there should be a concerted effort from the state to step in and ensure that that does not continue in the way that we have seen and in the way that whistleblowers have have told us. Do you think that there is that change fundamentally when it comes to how to approach and deal with whistleblowers? We, 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 we have to actually see demonstrable change um, in terms of how whistleblowers are treated, especially insofar as their life and limb is concerned. It cannot be that we just look at the assassination of Babita Diokaram as just one incident isolated and then we move on without going back and finding out what impact has it had on her family, what impact has it had on at least her child that we know of, um, what impact has it had on the community that she lives in, what impact it has had on those co-workers who worked with her who may find themselves in situations where they want to say something, but they know that the price of saying something could be a, 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 a cost to one's life. It cannot be that that happens while ministers, mayors, premiers, and so forth enjoy the luxury and the security of protection by VIP police, while people who do so much to help safeguard our democratic gains or this democratic experiment actually are left on their own. It cannot be that the whistleblowers have to um, 
forego the, the right to earn a living, which is entrenched in the Constitution because they are being ostracized by those who close the doors, both in the public sector and private sector, and we keep quiet. It cannot be mm. that we should lose their houses, valuables, uh, personal belongings, because um, the banks are being insensitive for the fact that they've lost their income and can no longer afford them. And yet, we just think everything is okay. We are happy that we are, uh, we are satisfied. I'm very satisfied with the one billion rand that has been spent already on discharging the mandate of the uh, State Capture Commission. And through that, we already have seen uh, entities like uh, McKenzie who have been guilted into repaying hundreds of millions to ESCOM. We've been seeing movement insofar as those who've done wrong doing it at, at, at Transnet, having their assets uh, taken or attached and being sold to uh, claw back whatever losses that Transnet has. It cannot be that all that happens and South Africa feels it's okay to let whistleblowers still struggle and be on their own. So when you talk about having support for whistleblowers, would the support be coming from the state or do you want monies to be, uh, you know, recuperated or paid out by some of these companies? You've mentioned McKinsey, KPMG is one of them, SAP is one of them, you know, and do you want these companies to be somewhat responsible for availing these financial resources? Yeah, there's two ways I'll, I'll be able to respond to your question. First of all, with regard to the fund, government must look into its fiscal to set aside a certain amount that will be dedicated towards addressing the costs already incurred by uh, or expenses incurred by whistleblowers in the normal course of exposing or of shining the light against malfeasance in, in, in the public and private sectors. So that is what we believe that some of the fines that have already been secured uh, by way of fines or 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 or, or, or repayments that you've seen the likes of McKinsey uh, do, some monies can be set aside, and I don't think it will be quite a lot. Just a fraction of that will be sufficient to kickstart a fund such as that. But also, corporates, the big corporates, could also be encouraged to contribute to such a fund, which would be tax deductible in one form or the other. But, but more importantly, with regard to, to big corporate, corporate South Africa, we're saying to them, it cannot be that they remain quiet and, and, and leave those within their midst still enjoy uh, the, the luxury of, being, of membership in bodies like BLSA, BUSA, and so forth, while they've been seen that for corruption, and, 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 and speak with both sides of their mouth. It cannot be. So we're hoping that such companies will be ostracized. Such companies will be made difficult to not do business, uh, at least with the state, uh, if not in the country, such as the banks of this world. And, uh, and it's about time that we, we make sure that they feel the pain. And the only way you can make companies feel the pain mm. is if you hit the shareholders' pocket through their profit. profit. All right. All right, Double Hus, let's leave it there for this morning. He's the chairperson of Public Interest South Africa. So just one organization right now that is going to be pursuing this matter, but certainly not alone. I think we're going to see more and more lobbying 
uh, when it comes to the operating licenses of some of these agencies, especially um, once we have the other two parts of that Zondo Commission of Inquiry report. Uh, in terms of Lord Peter Hain, he's made it clear that he's going to be uh, putting in the same requests once the other outstanding parts of the reports have been made public because for all intents and purposes, there could well be negative findings against some of the companies that um, have been involved and have been profiled uh, w when it comes to the evidence given at the Zondo Commission of Inquiry. All right, I'm going to be taking more of your calls. 011-714-2006 is the number to dial. Before I get to that, the voice notes, uh, we're ready to bring you some of them now. So let's take a couple of voice notes and then more calls.